Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is the Apple Cup edition of the Crimson and Gray podcast. My name is Jason Puckett, joined by a former Washington State All-American safety, Paul Sorensen, and of course, a member of the uh, the exclusive Washington State Cougars Hall of Fame. And again, Paul Sorensen, a legend uh, in the parts of the Pacific uh, Northwest via the <laughs> Bay Area. Um, I, I don't know how much you want to uh, – do we want to get right into the Apple Cup, Paul? Do we want to talk about the, the Oregon State game? I mean, we've got to talk about the Oregon State game a little bit, don't we? Absolutely, because basically if, if the Cougs didn't win that game – you wouldn't have two teams at six and five. Kind of cool, Puck. A yeah. little interesting stat. Go back to the Cal game. Both Cal and Washington State were four and four when they went into that game. Cal beat the Cougs. Washington State drops to four and five. Cal goes to five and four. Then they play Stanford the next week at home. Stanford's four and five. Washington State's four and five. Washington State wins the game. They go to five and five. Stanford drops to, to four and six. They play Oregon State, identical record. Kind of interesting. They were both 5-5 five and because five Oregon State won. You know, they had a, a big win uh, from that standpoint. Washington State wins the game, and my eyebrows fell out. My nose hairs blew up. Mm. I almost passed out because it was so exciting, and they ran the football to win it. We'll chat about that a little bit. Cougs win. They moved to 6-5. and five. Overall, 3-5 and five in, in Pac-12 play. Washington loses to the Buffalo, the mighty Peters. Mm pummeled those little uh, purple and golders and slapped their little furry behind, sent them back to Seattle. So the Huskies now are 6-5 uh, and five in the season, same as Washington State. That is weird. That's kind of cool. I wanted to throw that out. Yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's a weird uh, – the anticipation, I, I think, from what I've gathered, I mean, it, and it's based on what obviously happened uh, there on Saturday, and I, and I get the letdown from, from Husky Nation. I mean, this is not the season they thought. I think if you were – to ask a lot of Cougar fans, if you would have asked myself, and I, I remember saying this, like before the season, what what do you think the, their record is going to be? I think I said best case scenario, eight and four, probably seven and five. Well, seven and five is definitely on the table. But now looking back on the season, I would say, well, if they do win, um, obviously I'm going to be ecstatic if they can snap this losing streak to the puppies. That, that would be great. I um, mean, obviously uh, it's been six long years, uh, certainly five excruciating years under, under Peterson. But um, I, I think if even if they were to win seven to five, I'll still look back and go, all right, it was it was an okay season. But I, I'm disappointed just because there were games that we've detailed before, UCLA, Arizona State, Oregon, that they left out there, and a little disappointed just because this offense is so bleeping good that um, it should have a better overall record than potentially uh, seven and five or or six and six if they can't get it done. Uh, there against the Huskies. Uh, let's talk about the Oregon State game. They 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 win it thrilling fashion, 54-53. Like everyone anticipated, Max Borgie run right up the middle from two yards out with two seconds to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. It, it had to come down to that, right? I mean, here here's a guy a week before is predicting that they're going to go bowling and that uh, here's the game on the line. If I'm Mike Leach, I'm like, all right, put up or shut up. Here you go. I mean, I know they had a pass play that they ended up checking to a run play. 
But, uh, you know, it's if, if he wins it, he great. If he doesn't, I, I would have loved to hear, hear Mike Leach in the postgame say something like, well, this is why we don't guarantee wins. If you do that, you better back it up. Uh, but he backed well, it up, and yep. it was a really cool scene, Paul. I mean, the, the, the fans who stayed there are chanting his name to get the ball. And uh, in Oregon State, obliged by literally, like Moses when he parted the seas, decided we're not going to put anyone over the guard and the center, so you go ahead and run right up the middle. Well, and what they did basically is uh, they had a play designed for Arcanado, the same play. Uh, you know, I think it was going to be an out or an option, that depending they are going to play man press. So they basically were taking the routes away. They had uh, Oregon State had defensive backs pressed on the line of scrimmage for every one of the wide receivers. They widened both the D tackle and the ends out. Linebackers were cheating to bracket. So if Arcanado came inside, he was going to get covered by a linebacker. Or, you know, they, they basically had bracket coverage all the way across the front, which means safeties could jump routes. Linebackers could jump routes. They widened the stance of the defensive tackle on the end. So then Oregon State took a timeout you know, to make sure they had the right defense. They came back then, Puck, you know, from the two-yard line, and their their splits were even wider. Mm-hmm. So that's when Washington State, and, and I know Borgie and uh, I know, you know, Gordon were looking, and the sideline was yelling. They still had a run, a pass play called. They checked to a run for obvious reasons. The offensive line did a great job. And even, uh, you know, the, the center for the Cougs was surprised when they ran the ball. Yeah. They blew the, be- the, the, the beeps off the ball. Actually, if you don't run it in that situation, you're goofy right. because they basically gave you the run. Okay, yeah. And so they took advantage of it. I love that Borgie could back it up. He not only talked to talk, he walked to walk, got the Cougs to you know six wins, three wins in the Pac-12 conference. And I'll tell you this, I give Oregon State an awful lot of credit. Oregon State played that football game to win. I love what Jonathan mm-hmm. Smith is doing. I love the fact that he did the exact same thing against Arizona State. He went for it on fourth down. They got the completion against ASU. They ran out the clock. They felt they had the same thing. I'm going to go back even further. Marcus Strong had to go and uh, go man-to-man coverage on Isaiah Hodgins the entire game. Normally, they play, they'll put a tight side corner and a wide side corner and keep them in that spot the entire game. They flopped Strong the entire game to basically bracket Hodgins. He had 13 touchdowns coming in, led the Pac-12, 10 touchdown receptions. He had five catches, 65 yards, and zero scores. So let's give a game ball out to uh, Marcus Strong because he had five tackles. He also had three pass breakups covering him. And I thought that was huge. I also thought the other corner, George Hicks, had his best game as well. Safeties, eh, still not overly (laughs) excited about the safety play, but we won't won't go there. And and everybody's going to bash on the Cougars for giving up 600 yards to Oregon State. But when the game was on the line, Puck, guess what happened? They bracketed Hodgkins. They double teamed his ass. They take. They took uh, basically their number one primary receiver out of the play. Quarterback had to go Luton and throw it to a tight end, a little bit high. Good coverage on that as well as he ripped through the arms. You know, fell incomplete, and that gave the Cougar offense a chance with you know a minute ten to go to go down the field and win the game. So without that stop, without the defense making a play and stepping up, you know, getting it done, and the offense was awful on turnovers with three interceptions and two fumbles. You know, so there was a lot of stuff going on in that game that I love to see the Cougs overcome. I wish I could drink your Kool-Aid, and I wish I could inject it in my veins. I mean, you are you are such a glass half full guy. God, I love it. I love it. I mean, you're, you're and you're right. Everything you said about Marcus Strong is right. The the problem is like the so he didn't do anything. The Fleming guy that who was like five one had the game of his life. 
The uh, the two tight ends. I mean, the, the the freshman tight end is a beast. He murdered us. And and the well, other. The, I mean, it's just I, there was other guys that had had big days. I know that Hodgkins did not. Uh, but uh, other guys did have big games, including uh, uh, that running back uh, uh, Jefferson was just a was just a stud oh, he, all well, game he's long. Killed the Cougs two years in a row. Yeah. He is absolutely shredded. WSU. He's one of the best backs in the you know in, in the Pac-12, and so hey, give him credit. They played well. Yeah. Our defense. I mean, our defense led to to myself. And my son yelling, my six-year-old son yelling at our ten-year-old, uh, his his uh, sister and my daughter yelling at her because she was yelling at us because we were being too negative about the defense. And I'm just like, hey, I still love the Cougs. Listen, listen here, ten-year-old. We love the Cougs, but I mean, they're, they've given up 600 yards and 53 points. They're they're no good. And then she's telling us how we need to be more positive. This is before, this is after they this is after they scored um, and went up uh, by what four. And this is before the interception, right? She's telling us that we need to be calm and you, you guys need to be more positive. The second they throw that interception, she loses it, screaming at the television, screaming at the Cougs. And we're like, hey, you, you just told us to be relaxed and be more positive. Now you're flipping out. Uh, but they they were um, – it was amazing they were able to come back uh, down 11, four minutes to play and, and get that when you're right defense. When they had to make a play, they they obviously did, and then they uh, they marched them down there. <clears throat> Great fourth down play. Uh, Tay Martin, uh, the reception there, and Anthony Gordon fourth down and eight because you had to do that kind of stuff because obviously you you needed time, so they had to kill the clock a bunch. It was a great drive by Gordon. Well, and they also had a pass interference basically to set up the two-yard touchdown run as well. And, and I think interesting, we've been hard on the defense for obvious reasons. All you have to do is go back. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, all-time, he had his best game for both yards and touchdowns against the Cougs. Devin Mobster, the back, uh, he had his best game through four touchdowns, most yards against the Cougs. David Mills set a Stanford school record for passing yards against Washington State, had his best game against the Cougs. And, of course, Jake Luton threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns as well. He only had the one pick on the tip ball, had his best game against the Cougs. So it's not like WSU has been absolutely iconic. This is probably the worst defense that WSU has had until, you know, going probably 2004. Why? Because they've given up so many freaking explosive plays. Oh, they're terrible. Probably anywhere from to 12 a game and an explosive play is a run of 15 plus yards or 20 plus yards in terms of with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Passes it. Right. And Oregon State did the same thing. I expect Washington to do the exact same thing again. You know, they're going to get explosive plays. But I love what Colorado did to the Huskies in terms of their run pressure on first down and then the pass pressures they had in terms of blitzing on second and third. And they shoved it. It was impressive. Well, and I, and I think what you just said there, enlisting all the quarterbacks, um, and, I, and I think, listen, have we covered Oregon State enough? What else do we need to cover with Oregon State? Well, it's a win. And let's it's a win. There and it's, oh, and by the way, that quarterback guy's pretty good because he's thrown for just under 5,000. That's broke uh, Minshew's record yeah, great. for uh, Pac-12 for total offense, you know, in terms of passing yards. And he broke the record that uh, Goff and Browning, that little purple and golder dude, yeah. uh, had at 43 touchdowns. Now he has 45. If he continues to trend, Puck, 
he'll be if he, now it's going to be you know it's going to be difficult against Washington because Washington knows how to spend Washington State. But he's going to get two more games. He's going to get the Husky game. He's going to get a bowl game. So if he keeps on the same course that he's going, he'll be close to 5,800 yards of total offense. And, and that breaks the record that the Texas Tech quarterback had. I think it was B.J. Simmons back in the day where he had 5,814 yards, yeah. I think. And, and, and then 53 touchdowns. Uh, that would get him the third most. This is all time. He's at 18th right now in total yards. But still, did anybody expect Anthony Gordon? I didn't. I didn't even think he was going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, Gage Kubrud would beat him out. So did anybody expect him to come in and rewrite the Pac-12 record book doing this the way that he's done it, you know, in terms of the iconic stature that Minshew had last year with the 11 wins, doing the things that he did? I don't think anybody expected this guy to come out of the weeds and, and do what he's done throwing the football. Give him all the props in the world. Yeah. That offensive line, those receivers, and Borgie has been an absolute beast as well. I agree with you. I, I didn't expect this this type of production there from uh, from Gordon. Yeah, Borgie seventh time, hundred plus yards uh, this season, including that the, the game winning score. How about a, how about a shout out? I almost thought. I mean, at times I almost think he's not even on. The, I forget that he's on the team. How about Renard Bell? Man, eight catches, one hundred eight yards, oh. two touchdowns. I mean, you have to honestly go back. I know he had a couple of the 100-yard games, I think, his sophomore year. But do you realize the last time he kind of had a real special game like this? This is why I'm always – I get into these coincidences or is it fate or what is it? You know, everyone – you know, they obviously honored Tyler Holinsky, you know, that yeah. night on senior night where there were there bigger powers uh, at play in the game on Saturday night. And I'm not I'm not here to convince anyone if they I, feel that way. You know but what, I, Renard I Bell's last I believe there were. Yeah, Renard I Bell's believe there were. Yeah, I believe Tyler helped. Yeah. He, Bell's last big game, his freshman year, and their comeback win against Boise State. Right. And three yeah. overtimes, he had a huge game. And he filled in for Arcanado, who hurt his wrist and, and basically didn't play the second and right. third quarter. He came back in the fourth. But he was with, I mean, he had some unbelievable catches. And also, let's talk about Dion McIntosh. There's yeah, another guy yeah. who's going to play. He's going to have to have a big game against the Huskies. He had six catches for 93 yards. He had two catches, one of 41 and one of 33. And that shovel pass that he took and made that guy absolutely lose his shorts. You know, when he faked him out, ran into the end zone, showed yeah. great speed. That, for me, really plays into kind of a two-back scenario, doing some things with him coming out of the backfield against the dog yeah, I, that I absolutely love. I've always expected more. <clears throat> always expected more. Uh, from him uh, this year, I think going into the season because of the recruit he was, where he played at Notre Dame, have been a little bit disappointed in his production, but he had a great game. Maybe he's uh, getting it going in, in just the right time. All right, let, let's move on. Let's go to the Apple Cup because you you said something there before I got sidetracked about yeah. all these quarterbacks that have had good days uh, against this defense. I mean, we can call it what we're we're still Cougs, we love them and all that, but it, this is as about as bad as a defense that they have ever had at the, at that school. Um, that's what worries me about Friday, is because what you, Mills career day, Luton career day, uh, you know the the monster career day, Thompson all these guys day. with yep, career Thompson days, career and now day. a quarterback is coming into this game Friday who started off the season pretty good, and then now is in a free for all tailspin in the last four weeks or whatever it has been, where he has been terrible in Jacob Eason, and now he gets to play in his first Apple Cup, and I can just see the headlines. Where was this Jacob Eason been all season long? How, what would the other games look like if he played like this? That's what worries me. There's so many things that worry me about the game on Friday. What worries me the most is 
the Cougars' inability to get any pressure on this guy and if he just sits back there and pats the ball. Because if he sits back there and pats the ball, uh, he's going to find guys wide open left and right. Yep, and, and your, your observation on that is absolutely correct. Okay, half-glass full boy, Paul Sorensen here, going right. to come to your rescue, Puck. Okay. I'm going to give you a nice little neck massage and a, and a noogie at the same time. Tell, so here's me. what we got. Okay, Cougars and Huskies on the national level. Gordon and the Cougars are averaging 41.5 points a game. 38 of those points in conference Huskies, 31.5 points a game, only 25 points a game in the Pac-12. Cougs have scored at least 30 points in nine games. Huskies have done it five times. The passing defense is strong for the UW. Let's let's give them kudos. Uh, They're second in the Pac-12, only 206 yards a game in terms of allowing, and, and that's usually something that, you know, Gordon has done in the first quarter. But the Huskies aren't as good up front. Their front seven in the past years absolutely ate Washington State alive, and and they're not as good this year. Their run defense is 10th in the Pac-12. They give up 156 yards a game. WSU's best runner, of course, we talked about is Borgie. He's got 740 yards on the season right now. He's got 400-yard games. He's got 14 touchdowns. And now all of a sudden uh, you've got uh, McIntosh coming in. You know that, that can give you some different things. They're going to have to run the football. The Cougars have only averaged under Mike Leach 13 carries a game in this rivalry game, and they've got to get the ball. They've got to be able to run at least 20, 25-plus because I think what you're going to see, they're going to do the same thing. I met with Jimmy Lake this summer when he was in Spokane, the defensive coordinator for Washington, because I've known him going all the way back to high school when he was at North Central, then he played at Eastern Washington. Okay, can I jump I said, in? Can I, is he a good yeah. guy or can I hate him? Is there any way? Because like, well, I, I lo- there's a love-hate with me. I, I, I love and hate him. Actually, he, I, I really like Jimmy. Uh, so we can't hate him. He's a good guy. Is that what you're well, telling me? You can, you, can hate, you can hate him for what he says because, unfortunately, it's true. They've shoved it, okay? They have been able to take away, and and here was the thing I was going to say is his game plan from six years or from five years ago to now is exactly the same. He has not changed at one iota. They practice against this thing. They understand the routes. They've got to memorize. Washington State does not change anything in terms of what they do offensively. Eastern Washington's defensive backs and linebackers knew the routes after the first half. Okay. So you spend all summer and all winter and you have the same game plan and you know the routes that Washington State's going to run and your personnel is better, that's what has been the problem. Their personnel on defense has been better than Washington State's personnel on offense and they know what they're going to run. So they rush three and they blow people up. First look they take away, they jump routes, they play two safeties over the top, they do combination stuff underneath, and they beat the living piss out of WSU's receivers, and Washington State then only averages 13 runs a game. Well, guess what? You're going to lose. So you've got to change something up. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. We have done, Washington State has done the exact same thing the last five years against Chris Peterson coach football teams, last six, and they haven't had to change anything up. So that's the time where you bring in a two-back. You run a little RPO action. If they ran, if the Cougars ran an option attack where they attack the defensive end rushing three with Gordon, and then he has the option to pitch the ball or pass the ball, I think the entire defensive staff of Washington would would absolutely tinkle themselves. Well, what what what's they the pers- know what to do? Okay, but I, I, that's all. I mean, but you know he's not going to do that. He's not going to do any of it. Well, I know. But maybe they can, they can, we can hope. I, I guess can we, we can. I mean, can maybe hope? maybe he's been sitting on a different game plan that he'll unveil on on Friday. I mean, everything you say makes sense. All of it. 
But the problem is, is that he he just won't. He's the the greatest thing about Mike Leach and the worst thing about Mike Leach is Mike Leach is his stubbornness. He's a stub. He's it's what's made him very successful. But it also gets him in trouble uh, in games like this. And and that's the one thing. My only big my biggest regret with Leach is that always angers me. Is he's a smart guy. He's a smart football guy. But that he doesn't he doesn't get like he sees a game like this. That he doesn't evolve, and and I, I don't know. Maybe one day he will, and maybe it's, it's Friday. But I I know when I say that, and it comes out of my mouth. I know it's not going to happen. We're going to drop back, and we're going to they're going to rush three. We're going to sit back there, sit back there, and um and we're trying to force some balls into windows, and it's going to be picked Borgie. off. Yeah, he'll throw the routes to Borgie on the check down. Everybody rallies. Well, that's the ball. They'll run slant. They'll rally to the football. They'll they'll crush everybody. You know, along those lines. But but again, I I, I wrote an article for fan that's going to come out this week, and so I'm giving you a preemptive okay. peek behind that article. Well, and d- that's exactly what I said. And and I used we used Jeremy Thielbar. Remember Jeremy? He was sure. at uh, Eastside Catholic. Running back came out of Sandpoint. Played for Washington State. Took over for Jason Gesser when Jason left. Eastside Catholic and, and came and started working for Washington State. He had lost a belt. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three years in a row in the in the state championship game and, and lost badly. So what they did is they put together a completely different offense, you know, in, in terms of what they were running and didn't show it until the championship game. Mm. So I can hope angels in the outfield. It could happen. Yeah. Maybe there's some things that Cougs have been practicing uh, during the season. We're not aware of that. They're going to unveil against Washington. That is my hope. Do we see what could they do if we, we saw a little bit more at time? Well, first of all, we saw McIntosh play more last week than we've ever seen him play. And that's what it felt yeah. like. What, yeah. what would they, if you have McIntosh and Borgie in the game at the same time, how, how would that, attack or counter what Washington has been so successful at defensively? Where would where could Wazoo gain an advantage by playing those two guys at the same time more often on Friday? Two things. You could run a delay game. You could run draws. You could run a counter game. Go back to Tim Harris in 1982. My, uh, Jim Walden did the exact same thing. They ran the little veer option thing, but everything was so fast. They would pitch the ball. They would, you know, rump turn and, and throw the ball to the outside. But what they saved with the two-back attack was a counterattack where they would fake the pitch to, to one back going, going right, then come back with an inside handoff on both backs that would take two steps hard right, then Tim Harris would plant his foot and come back against the grain and then hand that ball off. They would pull a guard. Washington was so fast on the pitch and on the outside reads that they basically vacated everything in the middle, and there were two touchdowns that Harris had in that game that basically broke a game-losing streak for the Cougs that he walked into the end zone on because they used the aggressiveness of, of Washington's defense against them. This is stuff like that. You don't have to change your air raid attack but you can put a little run or maybe a screen game or maybe a draw game in showing exactly the same thing, just add a little wrinkle. That's all we're asking for. You know, a little I, wrinkle. I, show a little oldness. You know, I, I thought, you know, even though because the weather played a part in this last year, I actually thought at times their game plan last year was 
was the smartest game plan. Where you know they the because the weather was so bad they couldn't really push the ball downfield. They had to run the ball a little bit more, and they had to throw the ball into Borgie a lot more last year. And if you go back and look at it, I mean, again, they ended up winning the game by 13, but that was a that was a game that was much. I mean, it's a five point ball game late in the fourth quarter. And then he had an 80 yard touchdown run by Gaskins to yeah. basically break the Cougs back. Well, when and that I, was the Cougs coordinator. Yeah, and and so, but but that strategy of 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 checking the ball down was was actually very successful against this team. If you're going to rush three and drop everyone back. It, it, my my hope would be this: if 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 Gordon would just say screw it, I'm going to get it, the ball to him as fast as I can, and in let's Macintosh as well. If I'm going to get, I'll get the ball to them as fast as I can, and let Borgie pick up four five four yards on it every time, and then right. one one it does it chews up time. It keeps Washington's offense off the field. It limits the big plays that Washington's offense can potentially have against against the Cougars. Uh, to me. Uh, and in and, and one, if you can check it down and play kind of a, a ball control style, I mean, there's always this false gnomer, I guess, with the air raid, at least under Leach, like it's this high, high flying, uh, fast paced offense. I mean, they chew up a lot of yards. They, they're just highly efficient when they, they just score a bunch. Um, but that that's, I don't know. I would look at last year and because weather played a part in it, I would, I would implement more of that game plan because of the, of the previous years they played in the Apple Cup, I mean, that was the most competitive game. Well, you know what I like that I saw on the uh, you know on the Macintosh touchdown run was an inside shovel pass. When's, when's the last time you saw an inside shovel pass for WSU? That was the first one I remember yeah. for this year. They used to run it in the back of the day. So he has stuff in his arsenal that can change up the tempo and the checkdown passes act as a run. That's yeah. a run play. Okay, so if you get four or five yards, you get Borgie make the first guy miss. It's an eight nine yard play. The key in this game are going to be two things. Number one, you don't have Gaskins anymore for the University of Washington. He was an absolute cougar killer his four years there. I think he averaged like 140 yards a game and at least two touchdowns. He shredded WSU. He was really tough to stop. He's not there anymore. And that the guy that, that you know Shahid, whatever his name is, is a really fast player, but he doesn't run and he doesn't damage you as much as a Gaskins does. Secondly, Add a wrinkle, put that little shuffle pass in there, put the two backs in so they both flare, or one stays in, you can run a draw, or you can run some counter stuff over the middle, or you can run some option routes using the backs. Let the wide receivers isolate the defensive backs who are in man coverage, occupy the safeties and the linebackers, and let your running backs do damage out of the backfield using passing routes and running option routes, and I'm telling you, that will make a huge difference. Yeah, Savon Ahmed and, and scares me to death. He has a home run potential that we talk about explosive plays of 15 or more yards. I mean, that he's the type of guy that can get, I mean, a handful of those coming up on front. And Richard Newton, who's been banged up uh, but is back, but Richard Newton is just a, a banger that, uh, you know, I'm just concerned. It, it, to me, it's the same concern – uh, that I have every year when these two teams play is, you know, you you look at the teams that that Washington has lost to uh, this year. All right, it is it is pretty simple why those teams have beaten Washington because they run the ball. It's it's right. the it's the same thing in every game. They're lost to Cal. They uh, the Bears rushed for a hundred ninety two yards. Uh, Eason was terrible, uh, and they turned it over twice to Washington. In their loss to Stanford. Uh, the Cardinal rushed for 189 yards. Uh, Eason was terrible in that game. In their loss to Oregon, uh, the Ducks rushed for 154. Eason was actually good in that game. Their loss to Utah, 115 yards on the ground for Utah. Uh, but the Huskies had three turnovers. Eason was terrible in that game. 
uh, and in their loss to Colorado, the Buffaloes somehow, some way, uh, ended up rushing for 207 yards, and Eason was terrible uh, in that game uh, as well. So in in the wins that uh, for opponents that have knocked off Washington, uh, the Huskies are giving up an average of 171 yards on the ground, and they've turned it over seven times, and Eason's been flat-out terrible, completing 59% of his passes for eight touchdowns and uh, five interceptions. I mean, I guess the, the, obviously the key is to running the ball, but that there lies the rub because we're a team that doesn't run the ball. We throw it 70 times a game, and, and Washington gives up 204 yards uh, through the air. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that something changes, uh, but the numbers are the numbers. I mean, did you know in the last – since Peterson has taken over, the Huskies have forced 21 turnovers in the last five Apple Cups. And they're averaging, Paul, in the last five Apple Cups, 236 yards on the ground. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just uh, and, and it's terrible. Four of those years with Gaskins. And, and the, Coug, the Cougar quarterbacks have been limited to five touchdowns in that time frame. Washington State's been held under 20 points, and they've thrown 12 interceptions and averaged under 300 yards passing. So, I mean, you know, so, again, bang head against wall, keep doing the same thing. Don't lose a turnover battle in this yeah. game. Get off the field on defense on third down. They're going to give up. The Cougs are going to give up explosive plays. Just plan on it, okay? You're going to have to score more than 30 points. They haven't done that. Well, how many points How many points, How many many points? points do you think that they have to score in order to win on Friday? 30-plus. So, well, they're going okay. to outscore, they're gonna have to outscore Washington because I don't think they can stop Washington. See, that's what's, this was the highest point total they've oh, ever but, had was but, 18. I also, I also like what I saw. I watched the Colorado game, and I yeah. love the Colorado scheme. This is a team that Washington State took apart, okay? And they weren't outstanding on defense, and they made, they made Washington look one-dimensional and rudimentary because they pressured. They, they pressured. They brought yeah. pressure, and they rallied. And, and Easton became kind of one-dimensional. He was locking in on receivers. Defensive backs for the, for the Buffalo were getting great looks. They were doing a nice job of jumping routes and being physical. And I could see the Cougars do the same thing. They're going to give up big plays. They're going to give up touchdowns. They haven't they haven't stopped anybody pretty much all year, especially in Pac-12 play. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen against the Huskies. But I think Washington State's offense is good enough, and they're more balanced. They've got a better attack you know, in terms of running the ball than they have in the last couple of Apple Cups. So I like what I see from that front. So I think it's going to be an outscoring. They're going to have to outscore the U-Dub. Right. And I can see it happening in this game because I don't think the Huskies' offense is where it's been in the past, and I definitely don't think the Husky front seven is as good as they've been. They had an NFL on that team last year, the graduate. Well, the th- the thing is, the difference with them this year, you know, they're 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 guys that they have up up front: uh, Levi Kid, Bronson, Tooley, uh, Joe Tryon, the former uh, Wazoo commit, and then and Bowman. If if they can't get well, it, really, with their three down linemen. If they can't control the line of scrimmage, then they'll then they'll be in trouble. The problem is that's what exactly they've done the last five years, is they've only rushed three guys. They've dropped everyone back, and those three guys have been such hellmakers. I mean, they'll they'll get pressure on the quarterback with just the three, and they even right. limit and they even limit the the Cougar rushing attack. If if Washington can't get any, if Washington's got to send, you know, four or an extra guy, and they've got a blitz. Or do something. Then I think if they can get if he if Gordon can get a, a second of time to throw, then that's where I think that he can he can make them pay in the secondary. I mean, here's the thing: I think Washington's secondary is, is no doubt talented. Uh, Miles Bryan is a stud at nickel. 
Uh, I love uh, everyone loves uh, Elijah Mold, and he's a he's a great football player. Problem is, and they have talented freshmen, but Asa Turner, true freshman, Trent McDuffie, true freshman, uh, the Kyler Gordon kid who plays redshirt freshman. They will make they will make mistakes back there, and um, and I think that's what you've got to take advantage of. You got to take advantage of those guys making. Uh, those young kids making mistakes there in the secondary in order for Wazoo uh, to pull it off. And Gordon has got to be – I mean, Gordon's got, what, 14 interceptions on the year. Gordon's got to be careful with the football. He just – he cannot, yep. especially in the red zone, can ill afford – ill afford of throwing uh, those interceptions uh, at the goal line. I mean, he's got to be much better uh, much better with the football. What what did – and I agree with you on on the Colorado take. And, and, and it's, I've been screaming from this for Wazoo – and then maybe it would tire guys out. But if I'm Bellatoni and I'm and I'm McBath, I'm blitzing almost on every down. I mean, you, you just you know what? And if you give up a big play, then you give it up. You're giving up big plays when you only rush, you know, four. And um, the key to Jacob Eason is I think he's going to be a fine quarterback. Paul, he's got an arm that we haven't seen in college football. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how how much velocity he can throw the football. But when he he does not like pressure and he's not good at dealing with pressure, he retreats. He spins around. He makes mistakes. They've got to they've got to blitz him as much as possible to uh, get him rattled. Because if you let him sit back there and pat the football, uh, he's just too good. He'll he'll make the Cougar secondary pay. Yeah, I've already seen Easton play when they beat Eastern, and and Eastern pressured him five times. He was zero for five. There you okay? go. The five pressures that they got, Little Eastern Washington University and Little Old Teeny Washington. They put pressure on him, and he airmailed his receivers. When he stood back there, he made three throws on touchdown balls that were absolutely perfect, threw it to a bread box, basically. It was such a small window. He was really good. Here's another little interesting thing, Puck. There are only five quarterbacks in Cougar history that have won a football game in Husky Stadium. Ryan Leaf in 97 won the Pac-10 championship, went to the Rose Bowl. Alex Frank did it twice in 05 and 07. He actually beat him three times. One of those years, uh, I think it was 06 or 08, he won it in, in Pullman. Mark Rippon did it in 85. Ricky Turner did it in 83. And uh, Pat did it back in 73. Five quarterbacks have ever gone over there. Can Anthony Gordon be number six? I think he can. All right. God, I love your, your optimism. I, again, I, I need your optimism in my veins. Because <laughs> everything that I've looked at this week, it just – it's given me – it's taking me to only one conclusion that it's we're just going to see the same thing happen again. But, I mean, this is the beauty of football, right? And this is the beauty of sports. I mean, it's not played on paper. Obviously, it's, it's played on a field. It's played on a court. It's played on a diamond. So, you can never – stats can never tell you what, what player steps up on the game and, and makes an impact. And maybe there will be some things that obviously, you know, maybe the defense plays above their head. Uh, maybe the wide receivers of Washington keep dropping passes. I mean, they're going to need some of that too, right? I mean, they're yeah. going to need Miles. You know, they're going to need um, uh, these guys to keep dropping passes on them. I mean, they're just going to – Hunter Bryant's going to be inconsistent like he's been all season, and the wide receivers are going to have to be in- inconsistent like they have all year for Washington. I mean, Washington, I, I don't think it's – it's it's not bad to say Wazoo's got to catch some breaks in this game uh, to win on Friday. No, I agree. And here's the other thing you have to take into consideration. They played Oregon. The defense did pretty darn well. They kept Herbert down to his lowest output of the year, and he didn't throw any touchdown passes. He's not a bad quarterback, okay? Here's the other thing on the defensive side. So they've done well on the road playing against a high-quality quarterback in that Oregon game. And here's, here's the biggest thing for me. It's all about momentum. Washington State knows that they've got their sixth win. 
they can play loose. They're, everybody expects them to come in. They started as an eight-point underdog. It's dropped at six, okay? So the betting line is that Washington State is not going to lose you know, by more than a touchdown if they do lose the game. The pressure is not on the Cougars. The pressure is on Washington because both of these football teams are 6-5. Both of these football teams are 3-5 and five in Pac-12 play. Both of these football teams have an alumni base and a fan base that are pissed that uh, this season has gone the way that they have. But one of these football teams is coming off a lap second, rip your heart out win right. at home. that's right. given them a ton of momentum. And one team has come off a wrenching loss on the road that they never thought they would expect, especially to a Colorado football team who has the momentum. Who is the, give me, give me some list of players for the Cougs that, that are most important on Friday. Max Borgie, number one, period. He's got, they've got to run the ball. Borgie's got to have, a, a good game where he's touching the football at least 20 times running it and another five to nine times receiving it. I, I think McIntosh is going to be a key in this game. Gordon always, because in the air raid, your quarterback always has to do, you know, do their thing. So you have to look at, uh, you know, uh, Woods on the defensive side. He's got 110 tackles at middle linebacker. He's going to have to play really well because they've got to stop the run. You've got to make Easton beat you, make this football team for the UW one-dimensional. So I think you're going to have to – You're going to, again, Marcus Strong has got to have another good game. Your corners are going to have to play well. Your safeties and linebackers are going to have to be able to cover three really good tight ends that the Huskies can roll out, you know, and get done. And I think you're going to have to pressure. So that means you've got to get some guys that can step up and make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. So that means Rodgers is going to have to come in, you know, and do some things, and you're going to have to do some other stuff, you know, with your front four. Somebody's going to have to come out of the weeds and play out of their brain. If Arganato's uh, healthy, he's going to have to have a 100-yard receiving game, which hasn't happened in the last five years for a Cougar receiver against UW. So they're going to have to attack the middle. They're going to have to not turn the football over the Cougs. They're going to have to be able to convert on third down and get off the field on third down, and they can't give up more. They've averaged between eight and 12 big plays, explosive plays on defense. You've got to keep that number under eight. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, yeah. And you've got out for the Huskies. That's it. There, there you go. So your, your final – this is why we pay you the big bucks, Paul. So your final analysis is they have got to score more points than the Huskies. And get off to a fast start. That's the classic. That's the classic key to the game that every single idiot special that ever teams. Uh, yeah, to me, it's <laughs> about give up a special teams job. Yeah, for a big play. to me, it's know. about turnovers. Uh, I think uh, Friday's about turnovers to me. They have got yeah. to. They can. They have ill. They can ill afford to turn the ball over again. This stat is staggering in the last five years. 21 turnovers in the last five Apple Cups uh, for the Cougars. Uh, they're averaging. So they're averaging up over four a game. Uh, four turnovers, or just about four turnovers a game, and they they have got to get some turnovers. They have got to pressure Eason. They have got to strip the ball. They have got to get, I mean, a pick six, shorten the field, something. They need this this beat up, much maligned defense has got to turn over the ball. I don't care how many yards they give up, but they have got to force uh, some turnovers to give it back. Uh, to that offense, if they can do so, uh, then maybe they've got a fighting chance. All right, get, give it to me. What, what? Give me the final score. I mean, I know you're picking a win, but give it to me. 34-33, Washington State. Blake uh, Mazda, who was one of the three finalists for the uh, uh, Luke Groth Award for a kicker, he missed his first field goal on a 48-yarder last week uh, against Oregon State. Comes in and kicks a 48-yarder uh, to beat the Huskies oh, in Husky Stadium. That's my choice. Oh Lord, if I I will, you know what? Just let it end right there for me if it happens. 
<laughs> I know. If that would move the Cougs to seven and five, and here's the other thing: uh, if Cal loses to UCLA, if Oregon State loses to Oregon, the Huskies lose to Washington. Holiday Bowl. They could finish could finish second in the Pac-12 North. I am not kidding you. Stanford's done. They're playing. Uh, I think Notre Dame, and that'll be a crunch. Yeah. You know. So basically, from a league standpoint, if the Cougars win, and the teams that are expected, uh, you know, I think Cal's playing. Yeah, UCLA. Yeah. From that standpoint, if those teams lose, that bolts Washington State up to second place behind Oregon in the North. Unbelievable! How about that? That'd be great, Paul. It has been a uh, it's been a blast all season long. We of course we'll we'll do another one. We'll wrap up uh, the season, or we'll probably do a couple more. We'll wrap up uh, next week, and then maybe we'll put a finishing touches on on the entire season. And we'll of course. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and, and maybe do some uh, throughout the offseason as we preview uh, next year. But it's been a blast. Uh, hopefully the Cougs can pull it off, snap this six-game losing streak against the Huskies, and get a victory there uh, a Friday uh, there in Seattle. You know, it, there's nothing like winning these games in Pullman because that's always fun, but uh, there's something extra special when you can pull off uh, these wins uh, on their turf, and hopefully they can do so coming up on Friday. Uh, you, I know you're traveling. You have a very safe and, uh, and have a terrific Thanksgiving. Uh, there with your family, uh, and then find a nice warm place to watch the game on Friday, and we'll chat with you next week. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure, brother. Very uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and all Cougars and Huskies and everybody on the west side. Enjoy your time. Have a lot of turkey. Have have a great time as well, and let's uh, let's celebrate a win next yeah, week. Yeah, let's How do about? it. Uh, we, we deserve it. And you know what? Damn it, it's about time that we uh, that we get one snap this six-game losing streak. It's miserable. All right. Uh, for Paul Sorensen, I'm Jason Puck in another edition of the Crimson and Gray Podcast, Apple Cup edition. You can find this at uh, sportsradiokjr.com. You can also download the iHeartRadio app. Search on iTunes, uh, uh, Crimson and Gray Podcast. We will chat with you next week. Have a good one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.